What's up, everybody? This is episode two, Talking Seaweed Sports Podcast. It's February 15th, 2008. Uh, today, our edibles are being supplied by Mass Cannabis Chefs. Uh, they combine a love of food and cannabis for an unforgettable dining experience. They have dinners um, with eight or I'm sorry, elegant, eight, already stoned. Uh, they have dinners with elegant multiple course, fully infused meals. They also have uninfused lower dose options. Twice a month they have uh, dinner, new menu every time. They are available for private catering and they are fucking cool dudes. Um, so yes, yeah, so they, they have the gummies today. The gummies are 20 and 30 milligrams. Also, we want to do a shout out to our boys at Weed Co. USA. Great company. They specialize in craft exotic cannabis, and they are providing all the flowers for Talking Seaweed and all the podcasts. Cool. So, all right. This is the last time we're going to talk about this because football season's over, but there's one last thing that I wanted to start off with tonight was Lane Johnson and his comments about how the Patriots is a not fun organization, and it's everybody lives in fear, and he would rather win one Super Bowl and have fun then win five Super Bowls and be miserable. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go. <but> I, <laughs> again, I, I feel like the mood this week is going to be a little happier because last week we were fresh off the tough loss, and I was over the Super Bowl and wasn't even going to talk about it today, but Lane Johnson just continues to give us a fire in the uh, fireplace here, as, as you said. <laughs> now, my question is, is not only is what he said absolutely stupid, but... Why is he sitting there after he won the Super Bowl thinking about the Patriots? Like, how in your head is somebody that right? you won? And just like, you know, we, we've heard. Hold on. Quotes. We have we have Teddy Bruschi. Hold on. Let's go to. Uh, can we go to Teddy Bruschi real quick? Was yeah. it fun winning all those rings? I had a lot of fun. Okay. And that's a broad stroke he's using right there just yeah. to sort of group us all into the same thing right there. So uh, Lane Johnson. I don't know what he's talking about. I had a lot of fun. There were so many times that we would speak out in meetings. The entire team meeting would erupt in laughter. We're playing music on the team plane. We're sell we do so. We had so much fun. In the ones that I was there, I cannot understand what he's saying there. I think philosophically, like, listen, everyone sees Belichick, though, Teddy, and the impression is, boy, it might be more fun to play for, like, Doug Peterson or Mike Tomlin or someone who seems to be more of a player's coach or Pete Carroll than Bill Belichick, who it feels like runs a, a tight ship. If you I want a relationship and you want a double date with your coach, I mean, <laughs> go, play, go play with those guys. <laughs> go a, ahead. That's but a good line. Unless, unless but, you want – if you want to learn how to win games right. and consistently win think, games throughout, throughout your career, you play for Bill Belichick. Maybe, maybe this doesn't apply to Belichick then, but I think what he's getting at, at least the impression from the outside that maybe it does apply to Belichick, is there's a feeling, especially in football, but I think in all sports, like that the most intense, obsessed with winning, do it by the number, like don't mess around, coaches, that's the way to be and there's no other way to win and I just don't think that is true. And, I, and the sentiment Lane Johnson was expressing is, even if I don't win as many Super Bowls, since he's already won one, and he was a big contributor by the way, I'd rather do it this way. Even if we are some lesser dynasty, if we can just be a winning franchise and feel like this, I'd rather f do it this way than what it seems to me the way they do it in, in New England. Here's a problem. The game's over. It's been a week. We're going on 
over a week now, and he's still talking about the team he lost to. I mean, he, he beat. Why are you bringing up the Patriots when all you should be talking about is the celebration of your championship, the celebration of everything that you did? Congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. You are world champions, but now we're talking about the Patriots. And I'm here because I'm a Patriot, and I'm talking to you about how we did have fun because he's talking about this is the way I'd wanna, I want to win it. This is the first time you've won one, and this is a sign when people just don't know how to regularly win football games. You talk about the other team. You talk about who you beat. You're, You're bringing Jenny. up other things. What are you talking about? Just celebrate your teammates. That, let, let, that, me, that for that? Let, let me teach you how to celebrate a world championship. Okay? Teddy? Because when you win back-to-back -back championships, from a guy that's failed trying yeah. to do it and also from a guy that succeeded trying to do mm -hmm. it, you need more than planned celebrations, dog masks, okay, and trick plays. So, all right. So here's, here's my thing, man. You're 100% right. Why are they talking about the Patriots? Why on earth are they talking about the Patriots? First of all, the only reason I would allow you to play – Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman on our podcast is because Teddy Bruschi is there, and I oh, want course, that for the dude. record. That yeah, show okay, is, I wrote that, that show is my, flaming trash. That is one of my notes. Um, Max Kellerman is the worst. Underlined the worst. He, um, I don't know if you heard him, but he said, uh, you know, like a lesser dynasty. Dynasty? You out of your fucking mind, Max Kellerman? They've won one Super Bowl, and it's funny that they said dynasty because in my other notes, I had fucking. They're just like the Seahawks. Everybody was like, they're the next dynasty. They're a dynasty. Like, dude, this is what? They were in their second Super Bowl. They didn't even win it yet. And they were announcing them as a dynasty. So if you're, the Patriots are so good that if you win one Super Bowl while we're around, you're a dynasty too. Yeah, I mean that that whole Fucking that Max whole comment Kellerman. by Lane Johnson is trash, and whatever Max Kellerman just said trying to explain it is trash as well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Brewski says it as as succinctly and good as you can say. You have no idea how to win. That's why they're going to be seven and nine next year. And you know, I cannot. I hope that I wrote, we, I wrote ten and six next year. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I was like, I'll give them ten and six. But it, you're right, dude. On, they're probably going to be. They're going to be celebrating way too long. They're not going to get back to work. They, you know, there's something to be said for the way the Patriots handle their business. And you know, they can say all they want about not being fun and all that. And Brewski says, I think if the clip kept going, we had to cut it short. But he says. I'll tell you what, winning five Super Bowls is five times more fun than winning one. And, I mean, slam dunk there. Shut up, Lane yeah. Johnson. Go home. I mean, well, I enough. Mean, I, I think the key word when, when Teddy Bruschi's talking, he, right, and he, and he corrects himself. He he's talks about we had fun, you know, celebrating, and he kind of cuts it when he's saying celebrating. He's saying celebrating because they win during football season, and then they celebrate. And they celebrate better than everybody else because they're celebrating with 283 diamonds in a fucking ring, dude. They're celebrating by breaking records, by having people literally being like, this is the greatest dynasty we've ever seen. They're, I'm pretty sure if they win next year, they're still a dynasty, right? With the Patriots? No, they're not. Because it's not within, what, four years? There's no set rule. No, the, no, no. The but, but is, no, it wasn't like the general idea In my was mind, the Patriots have been a dynasty. Three five years, right? The Pats have been a dynasty since 01. I know they had a drought between 04 you know, in in the next Super Bowl, there was a long drought, but they were in it every year. Oh, they were course. undefeated. No, no, no. I'm not talking about like specifically yeah. the Patriots. I don't for, for the Browns to do there's it. No, what would they have to be? Well, but there's no there's no set law of what a dynasty is. A dynasty, a dynasty, at least in my definition, and I mean I'm not Webster over here, but I I know a little bit. Is a dynasty is 
prolonged success at a championship level for however long you determine that to be. Okay. So one isn't good. You know, they do is give two, credit to a dynasty. Two is not. It's a back-to-back run. you got to have that three out of four that the Pats had in 01, 03, 04. Yeah. So and that they could have had this year if they did So it. if they did it this year, it would have been again. Listen, in another... today's NFL, this day and age with the competitive free agency and the parody and the, I mean, did you see this year that there was six teams in the NFL that, um, Made, that didn't make the playoffs last year that jumped in the playoffs this year there was like out of the six divisions there was or i'm sorry the, out of the eight divisions there were six new division champions this year there was only the patriots and the steelers that repeated in their division so to it's do ridiculous. what they do in this day and age is ridiculous the niners oh, had that long run but you can't even compare the dynasties and to even like snip the fact that we're talking about this is embarrassing the pats if they win next year that's two and four years on top of the 15-year run of success. This is, I mean, it's almost stupid to talk about. It, it's such a dead horse. But, you know, I appreciated how much fun some of the Eagles guys had. But why are you running your mouth about the Patriots? And that's really the point I want to get across is that, to me, shows that you're an idiot and they're not going to win next year, you know, so. Oh, dude, Lane Johnson, yeah, they're definitely not going to win last year. And he was he was drafted in 2013, all right? They were 7-9, and 7-9 nine, and nine in 2014, 10-6, and 10-6, and six, won the Super Bowl, and I wrote down ten and six, but I think you're more accurate with seven and nine next year. Yeah, because they lost uh, Frank Reich, and they lost their quarterbacks coach. And what? How fun is that going to be? When the when the and Teddy Bruschi says it when the whole NFL is coming for you, giving you their best. How good you're going to be? Well, and Nick Foles sold his soul to the devil too, so he'll be coming to recoup that at some point here because. That run's not sustainable. Crazy. Obviously, Wentz will be back next year, but who knows? So. Yeah. So that's anyway. That's, that's it for we, football. We're no done. No sour grapes on the on the season. Where it was a good football season. You know, I'm sure Pat's hot stove stuff will kick up here soon. But uh, for now, you know, let's move on yeah, to what's going on. on now. And what's going on right now is the Celtics. Um, yuck. Yeah, they don't look so good lately. But I think I think that's just because they're tired and they're young, and they're not. They're not. They're not there yet. I don't think. I think people expected Jason Tatum to be way better deeper into the season, but that's because they have higher expectations that are legitimate. I, what people are those? I mean, it's clear. It not not people that actually watch the Celtics on a regular basis. I mean, Tatum played. <laughs> Tatum played one year at Duke and not even a full season. He missed the beginning of the year. This schedule is like three times as long as what he's used to. There was almost no doubt he was going to hit some form of rookie wall. You you covered it last week pretty well, saying. You know, that you thought they were tired and they needed the break. The funny part is the All-Star break is this weekend. They just finished their last game. They only have like 24 games left after the All-Star break. It's an 82-game season. So that's not exactly mid-season here. It's 67% of the season's gone. So this rest, you know, they're more fatigued than usual. Yep. Most of the time, it's at the halfway point, and you can regroup. Yep. That might come as – it's like in the NFL when they have bye weeks. You know, you might have yours week three or week 12. Yeah. That can help or hurt you. So the Celtics are getting this just at the right time as they're fading away. But that game Sunday was not great to watch, and it no. makes me – Last year, it was last the worst week loss we, of the season. That was the most points they've lost by, or most points scored against them in the in the season. Yeah, and we the Cavs were almost written off last a week ago. <sighs> then they made those trades, and we discussed that last week how that may help them. What, the jury's out on the long run, but what happened as a as a result of that trade is LeBron got woken up, and they say don't wake a sleeping dog. It a sleeping dog has awoken. He got rid of his boy Dwayne Wade. 
you know, he's he's he looks alive and spry, and honestly, that might be all they need to do is have awaken LeBron. Well, if yeah, if LeBron plays like LeBron plays, then we're, everybody's in trouble. But I will say this: I think that there was two things that happened. One, LeBron is excited for new guys, so LeBron was out giving high five. He was happy. That shit is not good for Celtics fans or anybody else in the Eastern Conference because he's happy and he's like, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to win another one. I want to play Golden State. I want to, you know, revenge games, shit like that. These guys are excited to be on a team where they might be winning a championship. You know what I mean? For sure. But this is the thing. Two things. One, LeBron's there. And if LeBron doesn't like you or if you're not, you know, holding on to his dick long enough, he's going to have a problem with that. And I noticed this too. This is another thing that I noticed. So he was giving all the new guys like the, the highest of high fives. And Kyle Korver was looking for some love. And he gave him the most lackluster high five oh, I've no. ever seen. And see, that's what happens though. That's what LeBron does. And LeBron hasn't done that to any of these guys. It was against the Celtics. It was on Paul Pierce night. You know, it was – and Paul Pierce, we won when LeBron was down in Miami. And they were – he wanted – he was young and coming up. And Paul Pierce was where he wanted to be. So I mean, to LeBron is an egomaniac. Yeah, but he definitely cared as, that it was Paul Pierce. Night. As much as we hate LeBron, though, I mean, this is kind of a That's tribute a to his credit of that he dueled with Paul Pierce like oh, he's years ago. Like, dude, you, remember and, when, you remember when he was in high school? Yeah, well, of yeah, course. he was amazing then too. You LeBron, know what I mean? LeBron probably tried to offer. Uh, Kyle Corver for a new box of headbands and uh, it got turned down. <laughs> they were like, and no, he, we don't need it. He was him. like, uh, no thanks. Um, I'll just, whatever. So he's probably like, oh, why is this guy still here? Exactly. And that's what LeBron but does. What, the, other, the other thing I wanted to make, the other point I wanted to make about that is it was, an, it was a new team. You can only really scout the individual players. You can't scout how they're playing together. You've never seen them on the court. You've so never what, seen what are them we interacting. Making excuses for the Celtics here? Is that what you're doing? No, that's not making excuses at all. I'm just saying in general, I don't think it's what everybody's worried about. They got caught by be... a buzzsaw. There's no yeah, doubt. Yeah, I don't there. think they, they need to be that worried was, about. That was kind I think of Brad the coming is out a party. Coach than that. You know what I mean? I'll give you that. I, I don't think they're going to dominate us four games in a row and, and score fucking a buck twenty on us. I just want to correct the record though, as we smugly talked last week about how the Eastern Conference is down. We we talked about the Celtics and the Raptors and didn't even give the Cavs credit. Now. What I want to say is that I think the Cavs may have vaulted back not only into the conversation, but the front of it. Oh, and yeah. I can prove that. After the game, before the game last week when the Cavs played the Celtics, the Cavs were 16-1 to to win the NBA championship. After the game ended, they moved to 8-1. to In one game, in two and a half hours, the odds went in half. And... You know, they don't always know. Vegas doesn't know. You know, they don't know everything, but they know. They know a and lot. They know. <laughs> they know a lot. And the, they are now moved. They moved from third in the East to first in the East as far as the odds. Long, you know, 20-something games left. You know, it's a long playoff series. But the Celtics are showing some cause for concern. Tatum is running out of steam. Brown is not playing with the same thing. But, you know, again, I, I trust I Stevens what, five yeah. days, get them some rest, comes out with a game plan for the rest of the year. Yep. I think the Eastern Conference is up for grabs, but it's a lot scarier than it was two than weeks ago. Than it was ago. two weeks ago, absolutely. It, the absolutely. Cavs are in business. Yeah, and the Cavs are definitely so, in business. So the next, you know, obvious... Um, I would like for them to play the Raptors. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get back we'll to that, that as the week. playoff comes. Yeah, <laughs> But the obvious segue here is uh, uh, Paul Pierce Day was Sunday. Paul Pierce Day. And that, you know... They actually got lucky that they did it after the game because that mood was ruined as they got thrown out of the building by the Cavs. And they, it was kind of cool how they did it after. 
I'm a little bit of a sports sap. I, I admit I watch all these guys I grew up watching. I get tears in my eyes thinking about like him coming back against the Nets. And a lot of the production crap they do on the show is terrible. You know, they have like fans in a sports bar and like, you know, Southie being like, Paul Pierce, I remembered that game. And you know there's no way that guy knows any specific game. Like, he was probably in a haze for the entire early 1990s. I was at one of the Nets games. Yeah, I'm, those games are awesome. And you know, those are all memories. And I could have went to the championship, but instead... My well, wife was around, so I went with my wife instead. Oh, that's true. Right? Yeah, it's like mm. it's like Robin Williams and Goodwill mm. Hunting. You mm. had to see about a girl. I had to see about a girl. Yeah. It's a real thing. Well, so you have some some fire on Paul Pierce here, some hot takes. <sighs> I- All right. So my thing with Paul Pierce is okay, he won a championship. He's I get it, the points. I, I get it, I get it, I get it. I get all the reasons why we retired his jersey. I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm, he's the jersey's retired, so I'll leave it alone. But, but you won't leave it alone. But I'm not going to leave it alone. The entire offense ran through Paul Pierce. I feel like there was games we would have won if we just gave the ball to Kevin Garnett like we should have, because he would have jumped up, dunked it on somebody's face, screamed, and we would have won the game. But instead, we had Paul Pierce. He would do a little like fat Paul Pierce move. Go to the basket and then look at the referees for LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, like call. Bill O'Call. And you're not going to get the Le- – dude, you're not LeBron James. I you're think- not Kobe Bryant. You're not going to get those calls. And I feel like every time that we lost and we were down by one or down by two or whatever, and we gave the ball to Paul Pierce, he would barrel in, put his head down, double pump, and be like, I got fouled. That, that's- and that drives me fucking insane that's Shoot not shot fair make the shot that's not fair but it is and i'll explain exactly. it that you're segmenting the garnett era was a very short segment of pierce's career there was a lot of years where we were we really had good. no choice and he was yeah, he we had to really take the shot but years. my beef with pierce is similar to yours is in my opinion and i've said this for years is he was one of the worst end of game shot takers ever he he would stand Horrendous. out at the perimeter run it down to like an absurd amount of time, like three seconds, and he would take a 22-foot jumper with his foot on the line and miss it. And they showed the eight or ten game winners he had over the years on the clips the other day, but they didn't show the 56, 22-foot shots that hit the rim and forced overtime. We, My friends and I used to say, what are they doing? It, you know how frustrating it is. You have 25, 20 seconds left. You run the clock down to eight or so, and you make a move. He would run it to two and take a double pump elbow jumper with a hand in his face, and he missed so many of them. It was so maddening. Horrendous. Horrendous. I was actually the leader of the um, trade Paul Pierce after we won the championships, and once Ray Allen left, or no, 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 no. When did Ray Allen leave? He left when? He he left. They all left the same year? No, Ray Allen left first to go to Miami and then played against and then us. Played, the okay, year. that's what happened. So, yeah. So, uh, that was the year I was like, all right, Ray Allen's gone. Trade Paul Pierce. Keep Kevin Garnett. Get us like a nice young wing. Yeah, but you and let's realize- start rebuilding this team with a leader like Kevin Garnett underneath. Like, Kevin Garnett, to me, I loved Kevin Garnett. So, I'm kind of biased where you put Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce on, a, on, on the floor. And you're like, which one do you want? I'm going with Kevin Garnett every time. But it, I just I felt like we could have got value. I mean, we did get value because look at what we have. So we got the value. Yeah, what, I don't know what you're talking about. The Paul Pierce. I wanted it done earlier. I felt like we could have got more. Paul Pierce served <laughs> the Celtics well in all aspects. 
Paul Pierce was their star player for years, but then that Garnett Pierce trade to the Nets for all these draft picks is, well, has helped rebuild the team. Absolutely, and, and Pierce, I love Jalen Brown. I love Jason Tatum. I don't know if Pierce get gets credit for that, but you can't. They did an. Uh, that's one one of Trader Danny's best moves. You, is they got they got an unbelievable haul for washed up Garnett and Pierce that were right. useless, which is so amazing. Pierce again, also in like you know a different realm self served the Celtics by setting them up for the future. He did the Derek Jeter. So, and then the only other thing I want to say about that is the, there's a lot of crap around, um, you know, heard Talking Head Radio the other day saying that only six numbers should be retired. The Celtics are very lenient on the numbers being retired. They do have some, you know, they have the lore, but then they have a bunch of guys that are pretty questionable. But I will say that I've been a fan since, I don't know, you know, the late 80s when I was a kid. Bird, I remember the days of Bird, like, laying on the ground, like, on a yeah. towel and stuff. So, I know Bird was amazing and McHale, but those guys were used up by the time I was a big fan. I, I remember, yep. you know, so, to me, there's only been two real superstars for the Celtics that are true Celtics. Garnett is a superstar, but he's a wolf. I mean, he's a Celtic, but he's a wolf. He is a wolf. But as far as Celtics green in my life, the two guys that stand out are Reggie Lewis and Rest Paul in Pierce. peace. And Paul Nothing better than being a kid. Reggie Lewis. Uh, it was, I, I grew <laughs> yeah. up with that. It was the best. Every game. Star, tragic. We don't need to get into that. But then Paul Pierce. Those are my two Celtics guys. I grew Fair up enough. with them. I grew with them. I'm going to have tears in my eyes watching Paul Pierce Day. I don't care who knows it. It was awesome to see him do it. It was awesome to see... The turnout, Doc. It was I don't cool like to see Doc. Guy. I don't much. like Doc, but I'm glad he was there. Was well Rondo, Garnett looking unbelievable in his whatever he was wearing with his half hoodie. The things half on his head with his like alien head. He's, he's, he's Garnett been the is the gift that keeps on giving. He, since he was drafted, he's been the best. Yeah, Garnett is great. Love so. Kevin Garnett. He, Garnett to me is like Randy Moss. They're just always. I don't know why they both went to Minnesota. Couldn't agree more. I, they are. They're both the good, same. They're I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I know what you're you saying. You know You know what I'm saying. Randy Moss smoked weed. Kevin Garnett smokes weed. They they seem like they, I want to hang out with both of them. Oh, there's little to no doubt. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I want to hang out with both of them. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, they were just freaks, dude. Like Randy Moss was an absolute freak, mm. and then Kevin Garnett was an absolute freak. Yeah. You know, and you we just, saw him as he was winding down too. Like those early years, he's yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, I was actually I was I was telling my wife the other day. Like I remember when Kevin Garnett was deciding to go to the NBA, and I was like, this is crazy. This kid's in high school. How is he just going to jump to the NBA? I was like oh, 10. And he looked like a string bean, I was like 10 or 11, too. and he yeah. did. But, dude, he came in and just started. We don't need to go. With yeah. Kevin Garnett. We can do Kevin yeah, Garnett we'll do, Appreciation we'll do, yeah. Day another We'll do day. a special podcast on Saturday, the career and history of Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. But, so I'll what, shed a tear. So, so, what, so we got lucky as news broke last night. Of, and this has something Speaking to do with the, Yeah, this has something to do with uh, the Pierce ceremony. But Pierce, I mean, uh, Rondo and Isaiah playing for – what, New Orleans and the Lakers um, out in L.A. last night, you know, Isaiah's newly on the Lakers, get into it and get ejected. And that's good enough fodder in itself. But the fun, the best part of the whole thing is after they're talking about what caused it, and it seems that Rondo was getting Pierce's back because he was upset that Isaiah even wanted his tribute video, that whole controversy of his tribute video being shown on Paul Pierce Day. We got lucky that that didn't actually happen because right. he got traded. I don't think many but people wanted that. Imagine how loyal you are if you're Rondo playing for New Orleans <laughs> against Isaiah, who's on a different team now, and you're Rondo and you're fighting during a game because... He wanted to disrespect your boy. I mean, that's that's some serious Those love guys, right there. The one, I didn't like Rondo when he left, and then I saw the um, the Kevin Garnett 
podcast that he did with, or what is it like a show that he does? Yeah. And, um, and he's talking with Rondo and Pierce and, um, who was the other dude that was there? What's his name? Power, uh, power forward center. Um, Oh my goodness. Kendrick Perkins, Kendrick Perkins. And they're all there and they're all without saying it saying fuck Ray Allen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's cool that they're still that cool. And I like it that he's still such a Celtic I mean, that he's like, how dare you? That Ubuntu, that Ubuntu is for life. I think those, those guys are brothers. I mean, yeah. that, that was an awesome, that in, um, so eloquent by doc saying the Ubuntu during the speech the other day and then explaining what the, what it is. And, that was an awesome moment. That got me to a big softy over here. But Garnett, while he, Doc read what Ubuntu was and what it meant, Garnett was like doing the tears in his eyes, nodding, clapping, going, yeah, yeah. And you know Garnett was the heart and soul of oh, that. Oh, he was, you know. Man. And Pierce was a bit of a compiler. My friends and I always call guys that just play for years and years. And, like he's second most points in Celtic history. He's also second most games or whatever. Yeah, and, so, I mean, and the offense ran right through him. And again, and, I mean, you needed a guy like him for the offense to run through it. And right. I get that. And I understand where everybody stands on Paul Pierce. I get it. Plus but you're I'm a beast if you got that, stabbed 17 times and then don't miss any games. I mean, people never asked why. And I feel like that's another problem that's with Paul true. Pierce. Yeah. But I mean, that's another conversation. Right. Um, but it, I mean, it was a good day. I know you're, you're you're a little anti Paul Pierce more than yeah. your typical Boston Homer, but yeah, you do it. You do at least admit his his yeah, no, presence in Boston yeah, more. No, he was here. Like you back know. when we had Antoine Walker, I was a hundred percent on the throw him in the river. And oh, <laughs> I, I couldn't disagree more with anything. At Walker, I still Walker wiggle randomly walking around the office. Uh, there's nothing better than the guy who should be doing a post move, doing a two handed set shot three, and then wiggling after. You know what he used to do? I used I to do that in and beer LeBron pong. Does it now? LeBron does it now, and I hate it. LeBron, you don't need to bring the ball up the court. Antoine Walker, there's no reason for you to have the ball. How am I going to shoot an ill-advised 28-foot three if <laughs> I don't have the ball, kid? The worst. All right, moving on. Moving on, dude. Um, so what, what's next? The, the spring training and the Red Sox are right around the corner. The Red Sox, dude. All right, so I guess we, we start with this. We'll start with J.D. Martinez. Do you think he's going to come here? I don't know if he's going to come here, but I hope he doesn't because to me, he's as that was soft. my second question it, was, do you want him to come here? He's as soft as puppy poo. If you ask me, yeah. I, I, he's not a Boston guy. I don't know him personally. He actually played, um, you know, it, it, f for a couple different teams. He's shown that he can hit in both leagues stats wise, baseball wise. He's a good player, but whining about your contract is already making him on the outs. Sox fans are insane. Yeah, if, that's if, the wrong If they city. hear him whine, then he comes in and hits 222 in, in April. He'll be oh. shipped out of town. Oh, He'll so go fast. with Adrian Gonzalez, and they'll put him on a boat to China or whatever. Pablo but, Sandoval. Yeah, exactly. They and, can all... Liking butt pictures they're during at the games, They're at dude. Sonic uh, right now having See, a See, and I but. feel like that's one of the things. I feel like that was always like a disadvantage with the Red Sox was we were always trying to out, like spend with the Yankees. And I always felt like they spent the money on the right players. We spent the money on the players that they didn't spend the money on. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that was always a big disadvantage for us. And I hope we get away from, you know, spending all this money on guys that are, you know, how old is he? 31? You yeah. know what I mean? No, I agree. Um, yeah. What? Anyway, fuck him. I hope he doesn't come here either. <laughs> He's I mean, already like dead bottom. to half of us. So right. why even come here? Just yeah. dude, stay wherever you are. You might have more on that later too. So, and then, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, and then David Price said he didn't regret signing with the Red Sox. That was kind of shocking to hear. Uh, it was a I tough year for him last year. I don't year. know if he's manipulating the media, but I saw one of those try-hard reporters on Comcast or whatever they call that channel now, and NBC, um, 
you know, I saw Evan Drellick or whatever, and he was saying that um, Price had an open media session and all the media guys now choose to believe that he's going to be a changed guy this year and all that. I mean, maybe he had a problem with Farrell and now that he's gone, you know, but the problem I had with his quotes, and I don't know how much you heard, but he said he talked about Alex Cora and said, it's cool that he's like a friend. And it's like, really, man? Like, so you couldn't take a coach coaching you and you want, you know, now you have a friend there. So it's going to be better for you. Like, how about him as a manager? I feel like, I think not only did the players not give a shit about Farrell, I feel like neither did the media, neither did the fans. I feel like he, I feel like he should have been gone two years ago. No. I mean, if that team's that it's, it's good, tough. you win 93 I mean, games. The, the Red Sox just won the division for back-to-back years for the first time in the history of the franchise. Because the talent's there. Oh, true, but... Young talent is there. We have young guys Bobby, that are enthusiastic, and I feel like if you win 93 games and then you lose the way they lost... If he was Bobby Valentine, no matter how much talent you have, you were going to suck. So he wasn't terrible, that terrible. Fair enough. I think he wasn't great with the younger players... I think that you know Betts and those guys wanted to do their thing. I don't think he was too fun, frilly type of a guy. He knew how to like, you know, categorically manage a team. Do this. This is the right thing to do. But wasn't uh, there a lot of problems with his end of game management? Oh, for sure. All so your, I mean that that's a, that's more what I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about the relationship with the players because yeah. he, he wasn't the he wasn't the manager while he was still but, there. So but he see, had a better relationship with them. But see, being a you know a baseball guy is is not as much about it's not as much about the end of the game stuff. Now, those are glaring mistakes. He's not in the National League. He's not in the National League. So there's less to do. He's not pinch hitting and all that stuff. But what he's doing is more baseball managing is more about how you control the team, how you keep the camaraderie, how you f- handle grievances. Like that's what made Tito Francona the best of all time is he, Manny was a total slapdick when he was here, but oh you goodness. never heard it because Tito covered it, and that gets him respect in the locker room. Farrell would say weird, ambiguous comments after the game about these guys. None of these guys felt comfortable with him, I don't think. Um, so, I I just think that you know I don't. This wasn't as supposed to be as much about Farrell as it is about you know Price and these comments. But did you hear Betts's comments today um, regarding how they? are going to try to have more fun next year. And I saw that headline and I cringed and it's like, Lane really? Johnson coming in. Yeah. The, we uh, have to have more fun, but pitching what he actually said, that was a bad headline. What he actually said was when they get mired in slumps, like you always do in baseball and you have a couple bad weeks, whether it's him personally as a, as a player or him, you know, the team in general, they lose five in a row, whatever. What they need to do is they know that they need to keep the spirits up. And even during those times, just, Instead of pressing harder and forcing it, what you need to do is loosen up and go, it's just a game. I've and been relax. playing this since exactly. I was eight, and let's play. And, and slumps hear, happen. Slumps is an absolute something no that happens question. in baseball. It's and Betts' whole game. season last year was a slump compared to, this is going to be a key year for Betts. What he was two years ago as an MVP candidate, what he was last year as a decent player, we need to see this year will tell the water will even out. Is Betts a superstar? Is Betts a good player? This year, I think will will change will be the deciding vote on that. It's his kind of his third year, you know. So, so, so what what do you, what do you think the future is for David Price? 
I, I'm hoping that he's healthy. He's still coming out of the bullpen. I guaranteed to everybody last year that he was going to need Tommy John, and it was ridiculous that he didn't get it and just have it and get back. But he proved me wrong. He was throwing 94. You know, he did get hurt again later in the year, but he came back. He threw well. I'm going to assume he's hurt for the topic of conversation. I mean, he's not hurt. If he's hurt, that's a different story. But assuming he's healthy going into spring training, you need him in the rotation. I think the pressure is already off him as their bona fide number one guy. Yeah. But if he's their number two and three and he has a 370 ERA and he's pitching every five days, that's good for me. He is outstanding in the bullpen and he's had postseason success and he's a good one to two to three inning guy out of the pen and that's a weapon. But you signed him and you paid him all that money. You got He's got to be in the rotation. Uh, there's no way you can have him out of the pen. Maybe in the playoffs if some other starters emerge – he can be used as a weapon, but he's got to be a starting pitcher. And do you think that he is cool with that? Just kind of just what you think or, he like, wants to be a reliever? No, I'm oh. saying, do you, yeah. Well, do you think that? Do you think that maybe he likes not having the pressure on him? Because I feel like he had a really tough time in Boston with all the pressure. I feel like the pressure really got to him. Well, he and, didn't want to sign in Boston. He wanted to go somewhere else, but. The pressure these free agents are under in the major leagues is they're told not to take less money from other places because it sets a precedent for the next guys. So, first of all, he didn't want to be here in any way. He probably didn't, you know, he he had he had that chip on his shoulder really the whole time. They really say that to them? That that's true. Yeah, that's it's a union thing where and you that's can take awful. you can take a little bit less money to be happy, but you're not supposed to it's like you know, one of those unwritten rules. You're not supposed to lower the market for other guys just to go where you want to go. That's so. Price got offered by the Cardinals. You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was like maybe twenty million less guaranteed. I love how that's the outlook on it. That pisses me off because the outlook shouldn't be lower the market for other guys. It should be maybe make these other guys want to come to your fucking city. Well, you know, that's. But see, the union has to look at it as you're looking out for the players, and the more money the players get, the more money the union, union gets, gets, and yeah, you know, yeah, blah, blah. just like everything else, it's terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, I I hope I hope that the I hope that him uh, that Alex Cora coming in is gonna make it a little bit more relaxed, man. I feel like with I feel like football is different than uh, than baseball. Like I feel like baseball needs to you need to have that looseness because if you don't, you're gonna get all tense and you're gonna be gone. You can lose shit forever. Just because you can't get it back, and I feel like it's you have to ride the waves with baseball. With football, it's not necessary because I know people are going to say, "Oh, you just said earlier you didn't want it to be fun because winning's fun." But I think it's different than football. I think football, you have sixteen games, you execute each of them. Clubhouse chemistry in baseball is it's by so far different. the most important because you're traveling for all these trips in these cities, and you know you're going out to steak dinners with the guys and. You know, they talk about, like, I think it was the 78 Red Sox as 25 players, 25 cabs. They would all leave after the game in 25 individual cabs because they all hated each other. Yeah, may not be that year. Don't hold me to that. But it's one of the old Red Sox teams. It's one of the old, like, lore about them. You These good teams that they have, like the Royals a few years ago, all those young guys together, you know, they're all going out in the town together. That helps. Because you want to win for your teammates if you're like that. If you're in baseball, it's such a long grind. You know, you're in Kansas City for four days and you go to, you know, Detroit for four days and you're on the road. If it's you're friends with these guys, that makes it so much easier. You look forward to the next day instead of, oh, you know, this is just a business I need to do that, blah, blah, blah. A mix of those two things are the key to success, I think. And Absolutely. that's where Cora might have an advantage over Farrell as far as Cora is going to be more friends with these guys, whether or not that's good is its own debate. But 
the guys will be more comfortable coming to Cora with things during the season is is what I think is yeah that's a big advantage over and, and I think that that I think they they're not gonna feel as though I feel like if you if as long as he handles it right I feel like it could be a huge advantage just because it, it, dealing with somebody that's not down your fucking throat all day long is definitely. It, yeah. advantageous when it comes to riding out a slump, something that you know is going to happen. You know what I mean? Like if you hit four out of every, every 10 times in baseball, you're going to the fucking hall of fame. No. Yeah. Three. If, <laughs> if you hit four, then you're yeah, like, you're yeah. like the greatest, you know what yeah. I mean? But like that, that's you're it's a game of, of missing. It's a game of, it's, it's a statistics game and it's so different that you have to be so loose about it. And, and I, I feel like that's going to be a big deal in our, in our, I think we're going to be better next year without. That's why I, that's fine. That's you know why I, mean? I liked, um, Betts, comments because he's saying that he understands that they need to change their attitude. And that team last year was not a fun, lovable team to watch. They, it's sad because they had four or five, like Ben Intendi looks great. Bradley's fun to watch in the outfield. Betts is fun to watch. But overall, if you just looked at the team, I, and I, I honestly think it was it's Smug Farrell with his jaw sitting there. He looks so serious all the time. I just think that he became like what the people thought of the team, and it was a negative connotation. And I think we have a chance to have a lot of fun. And the other thing, not to run on sentence for four minutes, but the other <laughs> – thing that I think helps them this year is we are now back to a little bit of the underdog status with the Yankees going out and buying players again now. See, for years, that's why I bled for the Red Sox when I was a kid, Yep, is they were the dogs coming up. We were the dogs. Then there was that span there where we were buying stuff and we were doing what we used to, you know, not practicing what we preached. Now, this year gives us another advantage to come back as the dogs where everyone's going, how many homers are Stanton and Judge going to hit? 120? Sox have no power. This is when teams rally. Yep. And they have enough talent with these young kids to everyone. If Betts plays like an MVP, Benintendi hits 25 home runs. Bradley has a good year. Devers is a stud. If if you go around, you know, Catcher's a solid player. Vasquez, you know, they... They have the pieces in place. Pedroy is a bit of a question mark for me, but you know they have guys in the farm system. I, I just think the culture change was needed. It was necessary, and I think that it's going to rejuvenate these guys. Do you, do you think that it's an advantage to be like manufacturing runs as opposed to just crushing home runs in the playoffs? Where you're tired, if you're manufacturing them, that's what what is that like two or three batters? Four batters. Yeah, I mean, an example for every run. A manufactured you're, you're, run would be like a pitchers. walk, a bunt single, a ground, you know, a ground out, exactly. and then a, a pass ball. It see, I, I, I don't, I think that that's a, a like baseball traditionalists will say like they don't know manufacture runs like, but I do agree with you that that goes away in the playoffs, and you've seen a lot of these scrappy teams the last few years in the majors come from like the wild card, and the, they're yep. like they don't have anyone in. You know, like the again the Royals teams, like that, they, I was just the, thinking the they same were thing, scrapping, the and there's something to be said for that. You know, I agree. Power can go dry, yeah. and if that Judge lineup is, I mean, people forget Gary Sanchez. The Yankees are rit- ridiculous. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Jacoby Ellsbury is like their water boy now. I think right. <laughs> so I mean, it's how how funny is that? But the, I think that the Sox being the dog has rejuvenated my love for them. I'm going to be all in this year at the beginning of the year. Yeah. There was a few years where I started to get some disdain when it's like, Oh, they just bought this guy again. Like how many more guys do we need? We got Pablo Sandoval was when I kind of like, 
was like, this is ridiculous. That's a lot of money. Yeah. For a dude that is obviously not interested yeah, in playing baseball. Adrian Gonzalez. And they Adrian were, they Gonzalez were getting hired. They were getting hired guns. And, you know, now at least a little bit of the team is developed from within. You know, yeah. you got Devers, you know, all the guys I mentioned. But yeah. I feel like that's the way to do it. I feel like developing your own players to your own system is, is the way to do it. I feel like the way the Celtics are doing it now. I yeah. feel like just de- just developing our own players and drafting it, these guys and trying to go out and be like, this is the guy we want to run with. And you know what I mean? If he's not the guy because of the the numbers, those will come around because, again, baseball is a statistical game. The statistical game. That's what happens when you have dry mouth. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so – you you can't really. I forget where I was going. Never mind. Go. I was going to say the the <laughs> Weedco product um, does not uh, cause any dry mouth, so I don't even know what you're saying. It's uh, outstanding. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Side effect: dry mouth, but happiness. To wrap up the Red Sox, though, is you know I have any. We didn't even mention Xander Bogarts in this. It's a big year for him too. He's a possible star player. Yeah. He could be crap too. You know, it's a big hinge year for him. But I just think overall, I'm looking forward to going into the season much more than I have in the past, the past few anyway. I think that, you know, everyone's going to pick the Yankees and, you know, the Sox aren't chopped liver, but there no one is really saying, I, you know, the Sox are going to win it all this year. You know, you're not hearing that. So I like yeah. that they're a little under the radar as much as they can be. So yeah. that's my take on the Sox. I hope Mike Stanton's garbage. Yeah, you were you refused to call him Giancarlo. I was gonna. <laughs> His name is Giancarlo, by the way. I, I was well. I mean, yeah. I was gonna. Call he'll him that. always be Mike. Mike <laughs> I was, I was gonna heart. call him that. So, dude, it's funny because when that actually when that name change happened, I wasn't really watching baseball like intently. So I was like, who the fuck is this guy? You thought it was like his brother? Yeah. Mike retired and Gene I was like, Carlo I guess that up. guy's gone. He was really good too. He's a pretty likable guy, except for now he signed with the Yankees and now he becomes instantly hateable. But he's he's, hateable. he's pretty funny. I've seen him on, you know, the Kevin Millar show and on MLB Network and stuff. And he, he can hold an interview and like yeah. he'll get on there and make fun of himself and flex and stuff. And I've laughed at him a few times, but now he's enemy number one. So Absolutely. Roll him up. Absolutely. So yeah, speaking of enemy number one, let's let's go to this. Let's the our, our final segment for the day is roll him up. In a, you want to do it? You do it. Well, yeah, little thing we came up with. We're gonna close the show each week with a segment we like to call "Roll him up in a rug and throw him in the river." And before you uh, go, shut this off and and hide from us. All it is is whoever we have a grievance with in the world of sport. Athlete, you know, media guy, somebody that doesn't sponsor the show. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a good segment because and and I don't know. Do you want to go first? I can go. I can go first. Um, going right off of baseball. Um, Scott Boris is my roll him up in a rug and throw him in the river because I like that. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like a, the consensus was, and again, the consensus isn't always right. But the consensus was, if we could get a guy like JD Martinez come in here, it would make us better. And where we won so many games last year, and we were, were such a, a young, up and coming team last year, I feel like adding to it and making it a little bit better and having a new manager would have been great. And I feel like Scott Boris is one of those dudes that has been consistently driving up the market and making teams buy these guys that are not worth, you know, three hundred billion dollars. But he's telling them you're gonna get a ten year deal, and I'm gonna get you two fifty. It's like, man, what the fuck is that? You're literally taking these. I mean, if people are paying this money, they're eating up all this money. So yeah, you are getting your client the money, but you're fucking up teams. 
And that drives me insane, dude. I feel like this dude would have been, he could have come here and, and it would have made him a much bigger star. It would have made him a lot more money to come here and just do well and do what he did last year and shut the fuck up. And I think Scott Boris is the reason he's not doing that. So I'm going to say roll up Scott Boris in a rug. Throw him in throw the river. Him in the fucking river. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to go rescue Scott Boris out of the river. I agree <laughs> with you. He's as scummy of an agent as it gets. No, because he can. He has like a guy that waits in the river for this to happen. Yeah, probably. He knew it was going to happen. He He's like, I'm ruining baseball. He rolls out of the river and the guy presses his shirt <laughs> and he goes back to his office. But Twice today. It's a, he's about as scummy as it gets. And I uh, that's a good one. I like that one. I you know, agents in general are scummy, but he's like a special breed of scum. He makes your skin crawl when you look at him, and he gives you the little like, Ugh. yeah, so, yeah. I, it's that's a good one. Done. I like that. He's Scott done. Boris, yeah, throw him, throw him in the river. Unless so, you bring us a young, whatever we need, yeah, in anything. Unless you drop JD Martinez to five years, forty-five million, and yeah. we get him next week, then <laughs> then we'll start a new segment called "We Want to Give You a Hug." Sorry, and, and we were Boris. definitely wrong about Scott Boris. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, my roll them up in a rug and throw them in the river is it's got I, I honestly last week was our first podcast. You know, it wasn't exactly clockwork. I meant to do this last week. I'm going to do a little. I know we shut football season down for the season, but I got to throw it back to Steven Gustowski and I'm rolling poor Steven up in a rug and I'm throwing him in the river. Uh, I'm sick of him, man. I use the term soft as puppy poo a lot, probably too much, but he, I've never been a Gustowski fan. I was a Vinatieri guy, obviously, we all are. They got Gustowski. It seemed like he'd be able to replace him. He's been a pretty good kicker. He's not the worst kicker, but I've had enough of him. I'm never going to forgive him for the Super Bowl in Arizona when the Pats had a 48-yard field goal attempt against the Giants, and Belichick didn't trust him enough to kick the 48-yard field goal in a game that ended up being decided by one score. That would have mattered. If he doesn't trust him to kick a 48-yard field goal in the Super Bowl, why wouldn't you roll him up in the rug and roll him into the river? Uh, him in since the river. that day, he lost me. That was years ago now. And you know he's made two or three memorable kicks over his career, the one against the Giants. But for the most part, they either don't go to him or he, he misses a clutch kick that Denver extra point two years ago um, when they lost in the AFC Championship yeah. game. and then They're Bronk, mattering now. It's starting to matter. And, you can, and he you makes can... that face where he looks all sad and whiny, and it just makes me want to throw something at the TV. And See, here's my question, though. I agree because we lost the Super Bowl. Cut him. <laughs> Cut him? Cut him. We don't, if you're paying $4.2 million for a kicker, I should be able to go pee during an extra point and not worry about it. <laughs> All right, roll him up in a row. You know, four point two. it's too much money. Hey, Stephen, before you go in the river, take your money out and give it to me. But yeah, you're going in the river. I'm out. <laughs> and uh, that's that's that. I think I don't think there's more to it. Um, thanks everybody for listening, watching, being around, hanging out with us. Thank you to our sponsors, We Co USA and Mass Cannabis Chefs, fucking and Rose Glen Productions.